Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, it's the first day of school for many area students. Educators have long been challenged to find ways of integrating evolving technology in the classroom, but never have they been faced with something having as much potential disruptive impact as artificial intelligence. We'll take a closer look. Also this morning, the fair is over, kids are back in class, and we're past Labor Day, so now it's time to talk about all of the spooky, creepy fun of Finley's Halloween Parade. And why wait until the new year? Now is the perfect time to join the YMCA, just in time to take advantage of September programs. We'll learn what's happening. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, September 5th, 2023. Back to school day for um, for all of the county students. Uh, now, if you weren't already back to school, you are uh, today. Um, Findlay City School's been back for a while, and college students uh, started uh, last month, too. And this is kind of interesting. Speaking of uh, education post-pandemic, the effects of COVID-19 are coming back to bite, bite students. Uh, incoming college freshmen studying engineering and biology are running into a math problem. More and more students are finding themselves having to take pre-college math courses in college to get a better grasp of concepts like fractions and exponents and some of these basic things that you would expect kids in college would know inside and out if you're going into those career fields. Many colleges blame pandemic disruptions in education which see, which seemed to hit math scores especially hard says um the chair of the math department at George Mason George Mason University says we're talking about college level pre-calculus and calculus classes and students can't even add one half and one third which i had to stop and think about how you do that um but apparently, a lot of kids don't know that this is basic stuff, especially if you're going into engineering. You better know how to deal with fractions and exponents and things like that because they theorize because math is a hands-on subject, it is particularly difficult to teach in a virtual environment because it's more hands-on. All right. Uh, parents also feel more comfortable helping their students with subjects like reading and so on. So... Uh, parents a little more intimidated uh, helping their kids with math homework. Now, that I can believe. That I can certainly believe. But kind of interesting as the uh, kids head back to school. Uh, maybe, though, we in another generation, we won't have to worry about this at all uh, because apparently we have a uh, reproductive recession going on globally. Japan recently announced that as many as one-third of young women may not have children. Like, ever. One-third of the female population in Japan may go childless in their lifetime. Uh, Japan has added financial incentives for families to have more children. They're trying to pay people to have more kids. And thus far, it seems that many women, uh, many couples are not interested even with the financial incentives to increase the size of their families. And they say the United States, 
may soon face the same problem. Fertility rates at a historic low and the number of non-intimate relationships are on the rise. Number of relationships that are deliberately non-intimate or non-childbearing couples. It does not seem like it's about the finances, according to Dr. Philip Levine. Uh, it seems like what it's about is the people want uh, is the people want out of that that life, that family marriage and childbearing may not be quite as much of a priority among uh, recent waves of young people as they have been in the past. So just not more people not interested in they want to put themselves first and want to be tied down with kids. Kind of interesting. Uh, let's see. And of course, you know, while we're on the subject of back to school, why do they say you have to study hard in school? Because you have to get an education. You have to be able to uh, support yourself and you can get a co- good job, good career, make lots of money, be financially stable. Um, it seems that a new report by U- UBS finds the total net worth of Americans in 2022, dropped by $6 trillion. The collective net worth of Americans last year dropped by $6 trillion. And I thought this was interesting. Every generation saw their net worth decline except millennials. They saw their net worth increase by 7%. The uh, silent generation... Uh, saw a drop of 14.5%. Millennials grew their worth through real estate and rising home prices. That was the uh, biggest driver of increased wealth for millennial for millennials. Um, according to financial advisor Kevin Mahoney from UBS, there has been a narrative going on 10 to 15 years now about millennials not putting sufficient effort into their finances or complaining too much about their finances, and the reality does not appear to back that up. So, kind of interesting. <laughs> Every generation saw their net worth decline last year, except millennials. Go figure. That is, uh, that is a bit crazy. Uh, let's see. Did you uh, get away this past weekend, Labor Day weekend, the last big summer travel weekend of the year? Um, I think, uh, what were the numbers I now off the top of my head? And I, I should have written this down. I saw a report about how many people, uh, I think on Friday, uh, the, the TSA screen, like 2 million passengers are going to screen. They figured they're going to screen almost 3 million on Saturday. So these getaway days were just huge for the Labor Day weekend. Um, but if you are. The next time you travel, if you're going to the Big Apple, uh, you can forget uh, booking a Verbo or an Airbnb in New York City. Uh, the new law in New York on short-term rentals goes into effect today, and under the new rule, properties that use host sites like Airbnb and Verbo will have to register with the mayor's office and they will not be able to process transactions if the rentals are unlisted. So they have to register. That's part number one. 
uh, and the policies are pretty strict on this. Uh, it includes a ban on entire unit rentals. You want to rent an entire apartment or or townhome or uh, something like that in New York City. I don't know that there are a whole lot of single-family homes in New York City, but a uh, whole townhome or apartment or whatever. Entire unit rentals are forbidden. Uh, there is a requirement that the homeowner must stay in the unit with the guests. So it's okay to rent a room, but you can't rent an entire uh, entire place without the owner being there. Can't do that anymore. And a, a reservation cap of two people, so you can have more than can't have more than because a whole a whole family cannot rent uh, a unit. It has to be a maximum of two people. So basically, New York City they put Airbnb and Verbo out of business in, in New York City. I mean, there are so many uh, restrictions. And violators could be fined up to $5,000 for each stay. This will impact 40,000 short-term rentals that will have to comply with these policies in New York City. So they, uh, as the uh, hotel lobby uh, is very strong there in New York City. They basically put Airbnb and Verbo out of business in the Big Apple. So kind of those restrictions take effect today. Um. And speaking of travel, this I thought was uh, kind of interesting um, because they say if you are traveling for the holiday season, you got to book right now. There's no rest. I uh, hear you. We segue right into the holiday travel season, at least in terms of bookings. They say the best deals on Thanksgiving travel and even looking ahead to Christmas are going to be had. Here in the next week and a half, by mid-September, the best deals are going to be gone. So uh, start looking right now for your uh, flights for the holidays. And according to a new ranking, the 2023 Airline Index, Delta Airlines tops the latest list of best domestic carriers, Delta uh, number one for on-time arrivals, number one for service and comfort, Southwest and Hawaiian Airlines place second and third, and Alaska and United round out the top five. Some of the other factors used in the annual airline comparison include availability of in-flight entertainment, meals, and seat comfort. So those are your top five. Delta. Southwest, Hawaiian, Alaska, and United. Uh, The rest of the top 10, American, JetBlue, Spirit. Really? Top 10? Uh, (laughs) Frontier Airlines, which is another one of those ultra-low-cost carriers where you kind of are packed in like cattle, kind of like Spirit, and Allegiant, uh, the rest of the uh, top 10. So, best domestic airlines for 2023. I was a bit surprised by some of those, but those are the ones they say uh, are the best airlines to uh, to book. Something you may want to know if you're uh, planning for your holiday season travel already, and you really should be. So, there you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started back to work here. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. 
Partly to mostly sunny skies expected today with a high around 90. Partly cloudy tonight, a low around 70. The Finley Fire Department says a deceased man was found inside a house that caught on fire over the weekend. Early Sunday morning, fire crews in the 200 block of Clifton Avenue in Finley discovered a body inside a burning home. Shortly after 4.30, firefighters reached the scene of the fire where they found a significant fire, including fire coming from the roof. State Fire Marshal investigated, but there was no evidence of a suspicious fire. Eric Brown, ONN News. Students in Liberty Benton local schools head back to class today as the new school year begins for them. The school district recently held a grand opening celebration for the new elementary middle school, which is located just south of the high school. We asked Superintendent Bruce Otley what's next for their growing campus. Well, um, you know, honestly, uh, the sky the sky is really the limit. Um, whatever the future holds, we'll be ready. Bruce said while the entire new elementary middle school is beautifully made, some of the notable features are the 800-seat performing arts center and the use of natural lighting throughout the building. See some video of the new building in the story on our website. State Representative Bob Young, a Republican from an Akron suburb, has lost his position as chair of the House Pensions Committee, a post that paid him an extra $9,000 per year. Spokesperson for the House GOP confirmed that Adam Mathers has replaced Young, who's been arrested for a second time in less than two months. Young was taken into custody for violating a protection order put in place following his first arrest in July amid accusations of domestic violence against his wife. Young was in Barberton Municipal Court where he pleaded not guilty in both of those cases. ONN's Isabel Lawrence reporting. The Finley Trojans football team with a big win at Southview. Javante took the inside spot, ran the post, and a beautiful throw. And at another Trojan touchdown at the 625 mark in Finley in front, 13 nothing here. And the Trojans would go on to beat Southview by a score of 49 to 14. Finley is now 2 and 1 on the season and they host Clay on Friday night at Donnell Stadium. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at wfin.com. Well, you know, incorporating technology in the classroom is nothing new, and it has always been something of a challenge for teachers, whether it's computers, calculators, even TV sets were all once looked upon with skepticism and fear, but educators have never seen anything like AI. Our next guest concedes that artificial intelligence bots like ChatGPT do present formidable challenges, but he also says that they offer unprecedented opportunities for innovation in education. Alex Fink is founder of The Other Web, which is a public benefit corporation whose mission is to improve the quality of information that people consume. So, Alex, first off, you know this stuff inside out. You actually developed some of this cutting-edge AI uh, stuff yourself. Kind of give us a little bit of your background. So, I used to develop perception systems for about 15 years, computer vision, cameras, that sort of thing. At some point, it has dawned on me that the world doesn't need more cameras, and so I pivoted. to trying to solve what I think is a much bigger problem, which is that people are consuming low quality information, especially on the internet. Now, this applies to kids in the classroom as well, but to a lesser extent for now, we'll see if it will propagate everywhere. Yeah. Uh, And you are also a parent, so you understand some of the concerns that parents and educators are grappling with about what this could unleash in the classroom. Yes, and the biggest concern is that Kids don't have memories of what things used to be. They don't know of any alternative modes of consuming information that we might remember as adults. 
And so it's our job to instruct them and to actually tell them how this thing works and how you can sort of map it onto normal consumption patterns that people used to have because they think this is normal. They think TikTok is the way that everyone has always consumed information. Right. You know, like I mentioned, uh, these concerns over technology are nothing new. I mean, I remember when calculators were banned in class because the teacher wanted us to learn to do the math on our own. So this is kind of along those same lines, is it not? So you're talking to a person who has refused to use a calculator in school, even though it was allowed, because <laughs> I thought that I want to be able to do this in my head. Why would I use the scratch? Um, but yes, the concern has always existed. Here, I think the concern is less about what happens in the classroom and more about what might happen outside the classroom. Because one of the things that tools like ChatGPT are really good at is summarizing things. Mm-hmm. And so... Back when I was at school, if I had to read the book and then do a book report, I couldn't just go and find the summary of the book somewhere. But now it can be created for me on demand. And so unless we watch it, kids will read even less books than they do now. Yeah, That's one obvious concern. Yeah, you've got this technology that can literally do your work for you. The the one thing that and and you kind of alluded to this, the one thing that previous technologies had was the benefit of time. I mean, when calculators first came out, they were very expensive. Not everybody had them. Uh, computers uh, were not in every classroom and certainly not in every home. Even TV sets were not portable. They were way expensive. So this technology came along and, and educators had a chance to kind of brainstorm about the best way of incorporating them into the classroom. This is here now, and it's accessible now with the download of an app. So how do teachers and educators go about dealing with this when it is at the kids' fingertips right now? So this is why I mentioned the opportunities early on, and I think in the intro that you read out, I think teachers might have to change their mindset onto what constitutes homework and what constitutes classwork, right? Because one of the big benefits to ChatGPT is that now a student can research things by themselves. So you can actually, instead of saying, listen to the teacher while you're in class and then go do your homework while you're, you're at home, maybe you can invert this and says, hmm. say, learn from GPT when you're at home and then do your homework while you're in class so I can see that you're doing it, <laughs> right? And this actually fixes both directions because ChatGPT is amazing at summarizing new material for you. It might be as good as a teacher in many ways, right? But it looks like now kids need supervision when they're doing homework. Otherwise, you have no idea whether they're going to do it or not. That's uh, interesting because that was actually going to be my next uh, question is uh, how should educators approach AI in the classroom? What are the benefits and how can it be used appropriately to enhance learning instead of hindering it? And I, I, that's an interesting concept of kind of turning everything on its ear and the mirror image of what generations of educators have believed about the way school is structured. Now, I have to admit, it's not my idea. There are some schools that are already experimenting with this idea of the reverse classroom, right? But I think now it's going to become no longer an option. It will become almost mandatory because the, the previous model of homework is just going to fail, 
right? Kids are not actually going to do their homework. They're just going to submit the homework that was done by somebody else. And so now we have to get rid of it. And now the question is, what replaces it? And it seems obvious to me that what should replace it is time spent with Khan Academy, with other tools like this that already allows for self-based learning and possibly tools like ChatGPT that allow for self-directed research, which is something that was almost unfathomable in my generation. Right. right? You had to go to the library, <laughs> you had to go to a book, and then as that book mentioned another, con- another concept yeah. that interested you, you had to go and search for another book, which took a very long time, right? But now you just click on something or ask the next question and you just jump from one concept to another. And so do you really need a teacher that is talking to 30 kids simultaneously? Or is it more efficient for you to do this at home now, but have the teacher there when you're actually doing your homework to A, make sure you're doing it, right? and B, actually help you with it because mm-hmm. most parents aren't able to help kids and, with their homework, but a- teachers can. And AI can't do that uh, at that level, at least not yet. Right. Um, but that also brings up, and this kind of circles back to uh, your the, the mission of the other web, uh, your uh, organization. A lot of that so depends so much on the quality of information that kids are consuming. I mean, it's one thing to tell the student to, okay, do this at home, research this particular topic, but there's so much information and misinformation out there um, that, you know, finding the quality information that will be factual and beneficial and so on uh, is the challenge in that case. Right. And there is a chance that some of the existing tools that we see will need to have a special version for students as well. Like even chat GPT itself right now, it hallucinates a lot because it's a model that was trained on the entire internet yeah. and the internet is full of junk. And so every once in a while, I would ask it a question and I will get an answer that looks like something that resembles what I wanted to hear, but all the specifics are made up. Yeah. And, and it does that quite a bit. But I think it will get better over time. And maybe they will make a version of ChatGPT that was only trained on academic sources or Mm. encyclopedia. Yeah. Right. So that instead of something that regurgitates material from a gamers forum, it would actually only tell you things if they appeared in a proper source or if they were vetted by somebody. Similar to how Wikipedia does it. Right. Um, So I think we'll see more and more of that. There are already non-AI based tools that do this pretty well. Again, I mentioned Khan Academy. I think it's probably better than most teachers I've had in my life at teaching any sort of material. And they are also not alone in this. So we're seeing more and more of these tools get developed. I think that's the direction to go in. So it really uh, provides some uh, food for thought, fuel for thought for uh, educators about what the future, uh, what the classroom in the future may look like. And frankly, the way this technology is moving, it's not going to be that far into the future, really. I, th- I think it's already here. It's possibly here this year. Yeah. So maybe teachers will take a few years to adjust, right? But I think already this year, we have to assume that Homework will not actually be done by most students. They will find ways around it. It's just way too easy. Unless parents start blocking things in the browser and then you know, kids yeah. have to figure out how to install some sort of app to circumvent that. <laughs> but Which they will. <laughs> they will, but yeah. some percentage of them will, right? Yeah. So every 
you need layered protection. So every protection measure will appeal to yeah. apply to some percentage of the students, not to all of them. But unless that is resolved somehow, then this year, the percentage of kids actually doing their homework is going to plummet. It is a, a brave new world. And uh, again, Alex Fink is uh, founder of The Other Web. Uh, we, where do folks uh, learn more about uh, your uh, company, your uh, corporation, your platform here? So our website is otherweb.com. And okay. we also have apps on Android and iOS called Other Web. But essentially what we are, it's an aggregator of content, news, commentary, podcasts, research studies, encyclopedia articles, everything we can get our crawlers on. We filter out the obvious junk using artificial intelligence, and we try to give users as much control as possible over what they're consuming and what order. Alex, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Chris. Okay, so we get the kids back in school. Uh, we get past the fair, uh, past Labor Day, and I guess that means we can talk about Halloween now. Uh, Teresa White is with us, uh, the Fort Finley FOP Lodge 20 Foundation. It is the Cops and Kids Halloween Parade presented by Lone Depot, uh, which is right around the corner now. I know things are really starting to get busy for you preparing for this. Things are definitely starting to get busy. The Halloween parade is next month. It feels like we were just on the beach a few days ago. And <laughs> actually, already we're talking about this. you were actually on the beach a few days ago, weren't you? Or It's no. very possible. It's, uh, <laughs> very possible. One last fling before... Not, uh, not going to uh, confirm or deny that, but uh, <laughs> no, uh, it's the calm before the storm, I guess, because uh, this doesn't happen in a week or a month even. I mean, this takes a lot of time to put together. It does. Our Halloween parade committee has been meeting diligently since July Wow. Uh, to get this all under control and ready to have a fabulous event for the people of Finland. So when you meet in July, do you like uh, hang Halloween decorations and pumpkins, carve jack-o'-lanterns and skeletons and everything in the in the office just to put you in the mood or because I would think that would be tough. It is kind of tough, but honestly we eat. We eat. We have our meetings catered. That's what brings the and people you have to the Halloween table. Treats, I'm and we assuming. have some Halloween candy. Yeah, you know, I'll, it's the candy. Yeah. It's always all about the candy. Okay, so because I've heard like when um, when music artists record like Christmas albums in the middle of the summertime, they'll they'll put like Christmas trees in the studio so they can get into the mood. So I'm guessing that you have to you have to have some of that. Have to have some of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes that sense. Makes sense. Uh, so some new stuff uh, this year, um, and and. First of all, uh, registration is new, uh, so let's talk about that. Uh, it's kind of a standardized uh, registration. It's going to be a lot easier for people to register, right? So the last couple of years that our foundation has had the Halloween parade, we've made sure every year to do a survey at the end because we want to make sure that we're having the best event Finley can have. And some of the things that came out of our uh, post-event surveys were registration. Uh, people didn't like the fact that they had to wait every year to find out when registration was. So we decided <laughs> we're going to go ahead and standardize that. Okay. So every year, the Monday after Labor Day okay. at 12.01 a.m., registration will start. And that'll okay. be early bird registration. That goes through September 30th. And then October 1st through the Tuesday before the parade Okay, is when standard registration goes. So we're going to cut off registration a little earlier than we used to because we have to make sure we have time to get the 
parade packets and all the parade information right. to all of the folks that are participating in the parade. We want to make sure everybody knows where they enter, everybody knows where they exit, everybody knows the parade rules, mm-hmm. specifically where and how they're allowed to drop candy and things like that. Yeah. So that means registration will open this coming Monday mm-hmm. uh, and that can be done online? Absolutely. So our website is fortfinleyfop20.org. And registration can be done online. Now, if you wait until you wake up Monday morning, you will not be at the front of the parade. Registration opens at 12.01 a.m. <laughs> so if it is important to you to be towards the front, okay. you can either pony up for preferred placement or you can get up at 12.01 a.m. and you can get your registration in. Okay. Um, and all of that information is on the website, right? All so, of that information is on the website. Uh, just sear that in your brain that it is coming up on Monday that registration opens for the parade because I know everybody wants to be at the front of the line. So important information there. Now, new stuff at the parade itself. Uh, What is new this year and how will this be different than in years past? So another thing that came out of our survey is with some of our entrants were a little bit frustrated at judging. They weren't sure where they needed to be or when they needed to be set up and things like that. So this year we have State Bank Judges Square the intersection of Maine and Baldwin will be lit up thanks to generous donations from KT Rentals. And our judges will be on an elevated platform and they will be judging the parade entries as they march by. Aha. Uh-huh. So what that means is that nobody will know until after the parade who wins all of the coveted awards. Wow. So they will have to watch our Facebook page on Thursday for the live awards presentation. Okay, so, uh, and and that I can see as being a real popular place for uh, people to gather uh, this year. Absolutely, all the cool kids are going to be there. I mean, that's where you're going to be broadcasting from, right? Exactly, we're going to be there, so we'll be in a new location. Now, what is the, what will the route be? Is that going to be different, or? The route is exactly the same. Okay. The parade steps off, yep, from South Main Street. Uh, at Lake Cascades and 6th Street, all the way to Lima. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that will be just a smidge different, though, <laughs> we have... Lima Avenue, not Lima, Lima Avenue, in the yes. city. Yes. <laughs> We're not We're marching going that northbound, far. not southbound. <laughs> um, that would be a very long parade. We are making sure this year, because this is an event put on by law enforcement for benefit of children, so we mm-hmm. do have to make sure that we're as safe as possible. Right. So absolutely no candy will be distributed outside of the parade route this year. So there will be no candy distributed on Lake Cascades. There will be no candy distributed on South Main Street, south of Lake Cascades. Okay. We have to really try and limit the crowd in those locations. We've got giant semi-trucks trying to make that left-hand turn onto South Main. Mm-hmm. We have to make sure everybody stays safe. Yeah. So. We have our uh, South Branch Solar Candy Drop Zone. So absolutely no candy will be distributed outside of that. Okay. Uh, Now, um, let's see here. The date for the parade is? Tuesday, October 24th at 7 p.m. All right. So uh, that put, have everybody put that on the calendar because that obviously uh, is important. We mentioned registration opens uh, this coming Monday. This is a huge undertaking. Uh, Could not. Uh, happen without the support of many, many sponsors. You mentioned a couple of them, but there are a bunch of them. Absolutely. Lone Depot has sponsored the parade. They took a chance on us when we were a brand new baby foundation, and we couldn't be more grateful for Scott Snap and his team. Uh, We also have South Branch Solar, State Bank, and uh, Val Group 
Marathon Petroleum and KT Rental is really helping us out with Judges Square this year. We're excited. So a big kudos to uh, everybody who has a hand in making this happen. And as you mentioned, this is a relatively new undertaking of the uh, Fort Finlay FOP Lodge 20 Foundation. Obviously, the parade has been around for a long, long time, uh, organized by different groups. But just recently, uh, the, the Lodge Foundation to benefit the cops and kids programs and everything that you do in conjunction with that. Yes. So when Hancock Leadership Alumni Association needed to find a new home for the Halloween parade, they came knocking on our door. And we're extremely grateful because all of the proceeds from the parade benefit the Cops and Kids Champion Fund. And that ensures that all kids can have positive interactions with law enforcement and that the law enforcement in our community knows that we support them. Yeah. What are some of the things that the that Cops and Kids does within the community? I mean, there are some that are really well known and then maybe others that are not as well known. Well, speaking on that vein of support, making sure our law enforcement knows they're supported by the community, just this past weekend, we had Cops and Kids Go Back to School. It is our only program that's relegated just to law enforcement. Mm -hmm. And every kid in Hancock County that has a parent that works in law enforcement was invited out to a private location in Hancock County. We provided school supplies for all the kids, massages for the moms, back to school (laughs) haircuts, and all the food that they could possibly eat. It's a great way for families to get to spend time together. A lot of times when you go out with your law enforcement officer, it's not a lot of fun. Their their head is on a swivel. They're always on alert. Being seen in public with their family can be very nerve-wracking for them mm-hmm. because their clients are also out in public. Right. So to be able to provide this type of thing to our law enforcement families is huge. It lets them know that they're supported by their community and that they have a place to go. We also provide mental health resources because trauma is very real in law enforcement. And that is one of the five programs that the Halloween Parade helps to fund. Yeah. A lot of things that cops and kids uh, do for the community, for cops and kids and cops and kids together. Again, the Halloween Parade makes uh, makes all of it possible, and uh, that is coming up here before you know it with registration again beginning on Monday. So we want to make sure that we emphasize that. A lot of uh, going to be an awful lot of fun this year, as it is every year, but especially this year with some of the uh, new changes. Teresa White, Fort Finley FOP Lodge 20 Foundation with us this morning. Teresa, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. This is Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Dateline Lancaster County, uh, Nebraska, where a suspected inebriated motorist (laughs) inadvertently called 911 to report himself. Um, this, uh, this incident actually happened uh, back in March, the Lancaster County Sheriff's Office uh, sharing the story ahead of the Labor Day weekend to remind people not to drink and drive. And this is one of the reasons why. Apparently, uh, the uh, Sheriff's Office released a video showing uh, deputies pulling over a driver uh, back in March in the audio of the 911 call. Uh, the driver reported another vehicle on the wrong side of the road. Uh, Police get a call about a driver on the wrong side of the road Uh, expressing concern. The uh, the caller expressed concern about, uh, you know, bright headlights and, you know, near misses and uh, and all of that. (laughs) When deputies caught up with the wrong way driver, it turned out that he was the one that made the call thinking that everybody else was driving the wrong way. 
on the highway when it was actually him that was going the wrong way. <laughs> he was the one on the wrong side of the road uh, when the uh, cops asked him uh, about the uh, incident. He claimed that he just missed an exit. Uh, the uh, driver's blood alcohol content was over twice the lead, the legal limit, which led to his arrest. Thankfully, no injuries in the, uh, in the incident. Um, <laughs> he finally admitted that, yeah, he was the one who, uh, called 911 as it turned out on himself. Everybody else driving on the wrong side of the road. I don't understand it. Yeah. If everybody else is doing something wrong, chances are good maybe you're the one that's doing something wrong. Uh, speaking of uh, traffic incidents here in the uh, broken news, the odd and unusual side of the headlines, a, a man in Phoenix was press, uh, placed under arrest after, after allegedly allowing his 10-year-old to drive uh, on the uh, freeway. His 10-year-old. Uh, troopers from the Arizona Department of Public Safety briefly pursued the boy on Saturday afternoon when the kid finally pulled over. His 49-year-old father was in the passenger seat, reportedly with an open container of alcohol. So he didn't want to drive. He was not fit to drive. So his brilliant solution was to have his 10-year-old drive. The uh, kid is not facing charges. The dad is facing several in connection to the incident. You would think so. Uh, let's see. Now this, oh my goodness. How would you like to have this happen to you? A Delta Airlines flight from Atlanta to Barcelona, Spain, had to be diverted back to its original airport, back to uh, Atlanta, after a passenger experienced an onboard medical issue. Now, this sounds very serious, and it is. I mean, it's, it's very serious. It's a medical issue. Um, but in this case, the medical issue in question was a case of, in the pilot's words, diarrhea all the way through the plane. All the way through the plane. Uh, Delta flight 194 was about two hours into its eight hour flight when it had to turn around and head back to Atlanta. Uh, audio uh, from the cockpit shared on social media. The pilot tells uh, traffic air traffic control. We have a biohazard issue. We've had a passenger who has had diarrhea all the way through the airplane. Uh, Delta spokesperson confirmed there was no emergency landing because of the biohazard situation, but the flight did return to its original airport. Now, I don't know how far into the flight this happened before they turned around, but it was two hours into the flight, which means they had to go two hours back to the airport with dealing with this uh, issue all over the plane. Woo-hoo. 336 passengers on board the flight. Uh, had to be rerouted. Um, the uh, the plane, uh, let's see here, departed eight hours. The, the flight then departed eight hours and six minutes behind the schedule. They finally got everybody to where they were going, but that would kind of ruin your vacation before it even started, you know? 
I'm not sure that I would want to. By the way, the original plane was uh, deep cleaned and returned to service. Now, that is a plane, as odd as this sounds, that is the plane that I'd want to take uh, on its next flight because you know it's going to be clean. I mean, it is going to be spick and span next time that takes to the air. But, oh, man, that would just uh, ruin your vacation even before it started. Uh, A couple of other items here from the broken news this Tuesday morning. (laughs) A pizzeria owner in Vermont is facing two years prison time for using more than a half a million dollars in pandemic relief money to buy an alpaca farm. (laughs) Dana McIntyre submitted a false application for a... PPP loan back in 2020 in the application he exaggerated information regarding payroll expenses to receive a larger amount he got $660,000 and once he received the funds he sold the pizzeria and bought an alpaca farm and ate alpacas Uh, Mr. McIntyre capitalized on a national catastrophe and stole hundreds of thousands of dollars from a limited pool of money set aside to help struggling businesses. According to Special Agent Jody Cohen of the Boston U.S. Attorney's Office. (laughs) He is now facing two years in prison. Well, who's going to take care of the alpacas? I don't know. Who's going to take care of the alpacas? (laughs) Modern alpaca farm. And finally, in the broken news this morning, another story of a gender reveal party gone horribly wrong. Although, in this case, it really has nothing to do with the gender reveal itself. Uh, This happened in Mexico on Sunday. Video posted online shows a plane flying. It's like a crop duster plane, right? So uh, a couple and all their friends are gathered out in an open field. And this plane, like a crop duster, comes by and releases pink smoke as it as it flies by. Uh, so, you know, we're having a girl, pink smoke. But just as it does, uh, the moment that it released the smoke, the wing, the left wing on the plane separates from the fuselage uh, as it's flying off. And the plane ended up uh, crashing um, because the wing fell off. What was crazy about the video is that nobody at first, nobody at the gender reveal party noticed that there was anything wrong. They were uh, so, you know, caught up in the in the moment of the gender reveal that nobody It's just a crazy. But if you have not seen this video, you got to go online and uh, search it. The, the wing of the plane actually came off. Um, sadly, the uh, pilot, uh, perished in the, uh, in the crash paramedics, uh, attempted to treat him at the scene and then transport him to a local hospital, but he did not make it. Authorities did not release the uh, pilot's name and the cause of the crash is not clear. I mean, other than the fact that the, uh, wings separated, but why it separated, nobody knows. No other injuries reported. Uh, this, uh, gender reveal uh, gone wrong for a completely different reason. Crazy. 
That is today's broken news report, an update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines, and we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Finley's Andy Ritz on becoming a Finley Rotarian. After 35 years working as a pediatrician in Finley, I wanted to give back to the community, but not at my job, but as a service that would reach many people. The best way to do this was for me to join Finley Rotary, and that's what I did in February of 2022. To become part of an organization that brings together business, professional leaders, to provide community service and advance goodwill, contact Findlay Rotary at findlayrotary.org and click on join. This message provided by WFIN. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Coming off the Labor Day weekend, the holiday created to celebrate the American worker, a new survey of 2,000 American adults finds the average employee has not received a raise in three years. That's really interesting. Uh, the average adult, at least this is according to the, the workers they asked, uh, they said they have not received a raise in three years. And you know how the cost of living has gone up in the past three years. 69% of Gen Zers are concerned about nationwide worker strikes Uh, The big UPS strike that was avoided uh, a few weeks ago, and it looks like the auto workers are uh, headed for a strike, perhaps. Um, There have been talks of strikes among airline pilots and uh, airline uh, – I want to say stewardesses. That's not the the name. (laughs) Flight attendants, thank you. Uh, suddenly had a uh, brain freeze there. But uh, flight attendants, pilots, and all of those, a lot of labor uh, uh, unrest. 69% of Gen Zers concerned about nationwide worker strikes. 53% of millennials are worried about salary cuts. Uh, 73% of all respondents in the survey agree that the gender wage gap between men and women is real. Uh, However, despite all of these concerns, only 43% of workers say they belong to a union. This is uh, kind of interesting. Uh, Union support has been very high in recent years, but less than half of workers say they actually belong to one. More than half believe that talking to management directly is the best way to improve pay and work conditions. I think that's definitely easier to do if you work for a small business as opposed to a large corporation like GM or you know something like that. But uh, in any event, interesting though the the number that stood out to me there in that survey was right there at the top that the average employee says they haven't received a raise in three years. My goodness, no wonder people feel like their budgets are getting squeezed. We are joined in the studio this morning from the Findlay YMCA by uh, Stephanie Parsons and Kelly Gastio. Thank you, ladies, for dropping by. We appreciate it. Uh, All ready to go as we head into the new season, into fall. We were mentioning a little bit uh, earlier, uh, one of the things we want to talk about is uh, memberships. And I know uh, a lot of times people think first of the year to uh, join the the Y, but why wait until the the new year? This actually is a pretty good time to uh, join the Y. Absolutely. Um, 
kind of fall back into fitness time. Remember that the YMCA has a lot of youth sports starting back up here in the fall. You want to get your memberships now. Mm -hmm. um, get in before it gets crazy for the January rush. And uh, yeah, just in time for uh, fall programs. I know uh, before too long, all of the uh, programming, the, the window will open for all of the uh, programming at the Y. So get in ahead of that and, and uh, you know, get your feet wet as it were yes absolutely um we just had a new session of programs here starting this week um soccer will be starting this week mm -hmm. we have some competitive basketball here starting at, uh, towards the end of the year registration will open soon for that so lots of exciting things what are i and i don't mean to put you on the date uh, on the uh, on the spot here but what are some of the uh, the dates uh for some of those things that people may need to you know keep in the back of their mind sure sure so right now, like I said, we just had a new session start up here uh, today, which is seven weeks long. Mm -hmm. um, so you'll want to come in in about five weeks uh, for the new session to register okay. for uh, fall two. Okay. And um, basketball, I think we have Tiny Tots um, and some of the younger groups starting indoors here soon, as well as indoor soccer. Okay. Um, and then our basketball league uh, registration will start in October. Okay. So, uh, and again, all of those dates are on the uh, website too. The, yes. Go to uh, Finley Family or FinleyYMCA.org. The uh, process to sign up for a membership is pretty doggone easy, actually, oh, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely. Oh. Stop at either one of our branches at uh, the member service desk. And our representatives will be happy to get you started. It takes about five, ten minutes. Um, if you want a tour of the facility, either one. Um, we can do that at that time as well. And there are various levels of uh, membership that are available. Sure, sure. So we have, um, we offer youth, young adult, adult, single parent family and family memberships, um, household memberships. So lots of different options. We also offer a scholarship program called Open Doors. You can find that application on our website or at either one of our member services. Desk. Okay. And uh, I, I know that uh, in the past, there have been uh, some employers that will offer a discounted uh, memberships as well as one of the, the perks and their benefit package. And That's the great thing about being an employee at the Y. Um, you have access to everything. So you get a full membership with employment um, as well as some discounted program for yourself yeah. and your family. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Stephanie, uh, we're talking about uh, programming. There is all kinds of programming for just about anything that anyone would be interested in. Yeah, we, we say cradle to, to seniors. So yeah. sometimes people say grave, and I don't like to use that word. So <laughs> it's a uh, cradle to seniors. Um, we have anything from, like uh, Kelly already stated, our youth basketball, but our aerobic classes, our classes are jam-packed. We have all of our aquatics classes, too. We have some great facilities. We have anything from tennis courts to swimming um, to two gymnasiums for basketball. Um, I just think we have the best in town. You mentioned uh, the tennis, is, as we know, is over at the, uh, the East Branch. Right. And that's not a separate uh, membership, right? Nope, that comes with your so membership. That is correct. Both, uh, both locations, whichever is... Uh, appropriate for you or closer to you or whichever you want to take advantage of. Uh, do have a couple of other things that are uh, that are coming up. I know the uh, uh, the Black Swamp Classic Golf Scramble is right around the corner as well. It is. It's coming up on September the 18th and 19th. Um, and that is held at the Country Club. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of teams. Great event. Um, we do have an auction on Monday night that a lot of people participate in. Um, I can't say enough about that event. The The rally and the community is just amazing. And uh, folks can si still sign up for that? Yes. We're still accepting registrations. 
And uh, again, you can do all of that online, right? That is correct. Yeah. Uh, so what else is, is going on with Y that we want to let folks know about? Again, just to encourage people to join if you're not already members or if folks are members, there are so many things going on. Maybe sometimes it's hard to keep track of what else is uh, going on. want to highlight uh, for the uh, upcoming season here. Um, I would say primarily uh, the sports programs that are about to start and the aerobics programs. Mm -hmm. Um, So lots of different things to do. Uh, Tennis is restarting back indoors. Um, The tennis programming has been outdoors, partnered with the University of Finley here Mm -hmm. um, over the summer. So that will be starting back indoors. Um, Some pickleball options as well. That's become a big thing. Pickleball's huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And you mentioned, Stephanie, the uh, aquatics, uh, Mm -hmm. people closing up their pools uh, over uh, Labor Day weekend, but you can still go swimming. Yep, our swim lessons uh, right away when registration starts gets full, quick, Mm -hmm. quick. So we are looking at options. We're trying to add more. Um, availability and spots so um, be patient with us we're trying to get more people <laughs> involved in that area because we know that they go quick All right, and then we have our swim team um, well, our frogs that katie nelson oversees um, that's starting up too we have a parent meeting coming up okay so if folks are interested in any of these programs uh again all of the information is on the website right that is correct at uh um, finleyymca.org or you can stop into either branch um again my name is kelly gastio you can stop in and see me at the downtown branch anytime and uh, again sign up for those memberships you can do that anytime why wait for the new year rush you can Absolutely. do it now perfect time uh again as we uh, head into fall and you know, maybe maybe a preemptive strike with the holidays coming up. Uh, you know, we're going to be indulging when we get to the holidays, so maybe a preemptive strike on uh, all of that. Well, we've got a link up on our webpage for more information: GoodMornings.net. And again, uh, Kelly Gastio and Stephanie Parsons with the uh, Findlay YMCA with us in the studio this morning. Thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate thanks, it. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, Standing with Veterans in Distress. We'll preview this week's Silent Watch event in the heart of downtown Finland. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.